Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, home of the modern whitetail hunter. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this week on the show, I'm joined by four hunters who've decided it's time to embrace being an okay hunter and all the fun, fumbles, and failures that come along with it. All right, welcome to the Wire Done Podcast, brought to you by First Light. And today in the show, we're going to answer the question, is it okay to be a just okay hunter? I think there's something to be said. There's this idea, and I think a reality of sorts, that we're probably not all going to be a Mark Drury or a Dan Infault or a John Dudley. And maybe there's something to be said. Maybe there's a benefit to embracing that reality, to accepting that reality to a degree and finding how we can be our own kind of hunter. That's the discussion we're going to have here today. And I'm joined by four guys, four guys who have started a podcast in a community called The Okayest Hunter. And they're all about embracing this idea, embracing the fact that we're not all going to be the best hunters in the world. We're not all going to kill giant bucks every single year. And let's not kill ourselves trying to do that or trying to compare what we're doing to other people. Let's enjoy our hunt. Let's hunt our own hunt. And let's celebrate that. That's the message these guys are sharing. This is the message that I you know, I think I needed to hear. This is something that if you've been listening to the podcast over the last six months, you've kind of heard me going through some of my own kind of, I don't know, debates and internal dialogues around what I personally want out of hunting and what my goals are and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and if you've listened for a long time, you know that I've always been a very goal-oriented person, very achievement-focused, very driven, uh, always you know, pushing to be the very best deer hunter I possibly can be and and just striving and striving and pushing and pushing and, you know, not wanting to cut any corners and preaching the importance of not cutting corners and doing everything you possibly can. And sometimes that's a great thing. I think that's a really good thing and stuff I stand by. But sometimes that maybe can go too far. Sometimes maybe you can get to a point where you're so stressed about what you achieve or uh, get when it comes to hunting, or you're putting so much pressure on yourself, or you're so focused on the outcome that you lose sight of your community and your friends and your family and the fun of hunting, if any of that stuff starts happening, 
I think maybe we've got a problem. And that's something that I've experienced personally myself. So talking to these guys, I got to thinking maybe it is okay to be okay sometimes. Maybe there's something to be said about actually having fun while you're hunting or going to breakfast with your buddies. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll decrease your chances of feeling a tag a little bit. But does that really matter? Those are some of the questions we're going to answer here today. I'm joined by Eric Clark, Derek Melkor, Tyler Meaden, and Greg Tubbs. These guys are a fun group. They've got a great perspective, I think, on this. And as I mentioned, I think it's a, a much-needed perspective as so much within our whitetail hunting community is so focused on killing big bucks and you know sharing your pictures online and people bragging about their big deer, people trashing other people about their small deer or whatever it is. There's just a whole lot of craziness, I feel like, these days. And uh, maybe this is just the antidote that we need. So I'm excited about this one. I really enjoyed the chat. I hope there's some of you out here that can benefit from this one too. Um, I certainly did. So without any further ado, let's get to my chat with Eric, Derek, Tyler, and Greg. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for listening. All right. With me on the show now, I've got a very full house. We've got Eric, Derek, Tyler, and Greg, the OKS Hunter crew, coming to us from the bar and the basement to the studio of the OKS Hunter, whatever you want to call it. These guys are already having a good time, it seems. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thank hey, you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Mark. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I was I wish I was partaking, but like I said, it's it's three o'clock in the afternoon here where I'm recording and I just had a coffee, so I don't know if mixing coffee with beer immediately is a good idea. I don't know if you guys have tried that, Mark, but Mark, you're you're already pulling some rookie numbers there. You gotta think ahead about this and <laughs> I just coffee, man. You gotta throw a little whiskey in there. That's a good point. That's a that's a proven commodity. You make a very good point. So so you guys obviously know how to have a good time, but what I want to talk to you guys about, and you can each kind of individually give me your own take on this, but you know, when I record the previous uh, introduction to this, I, I shared with everybody about how I've, I've had a little bit of a, a transformation in how I view my hunting and how I approach my hunting. And this is something that I've kind of been going through over the last six months to a year. Um, and I've kind of coming around to rethinking my goals, the why and the how of, of how I hunt. And so I say all that because what I'm starting to appreciate more seems to be very in line with the theme of the brand you guys have started, the okayest hunter. And I, and I guess maybe this is a question for whoever wants to talk the loudest, I guess, but why, why the okayest hunter? Why did you guys launch this brand, this movement, this idea? Why is it okay to just be okay at hunting? Who wants to take uh, a step? They're all, they're all pointing at me. This is Eric. <laughs> this is Eric's, Eric's wheelhouse right here. I'm on the spot. So, you know, really, uh, at some point along the way, um, I had been uh, a, <laughs> a victim of, but, you know, I, I uh, took some shots at uh, uh, being shamed, you know, for posting a doe fun that I got with my bow. It was a 10 yard shot from the ground. It was very exciting. I happened to be. It was the year my daughter was born, so 2017. Don't make me do math on the Wired Hunt podcast, but I'm 36 now. <laughs> so I think I was four. No, do, do, 32. I was uh, 32. Yeah. And so that was my first year with the bow, and I posted it, and people were just dogpiling on me. And then I felt this pit in my stomach like, wow, you know, maybe 
I should be better by now or like, why did I post that or what, you know, I, maybe I do suck or this is awful. And then somewhere along the way, shortly thereafter, I saw the same thing happen to a child, a kid posted a picture of like a button buck or something and, uh, or like a spike. And they just got, you know, uh, just a couple of people just happened to say, you should have let it go or something like that. And I bought the domain name like 10 minutes later <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm a bit of a domain name hoarder, but it was, it was, that was the, the kind of, um, the spark that lit the fire. And, and so, you know, we kind of led with, you know, no deer shame, no buck shame. Uh, we built a, started to build this community. We started to hear from others that felt similarly and started to share their spike buck photos with us that had never seen the light of day before. And it opened up our eyes to say, wow, there's a lot of people here that, you know, uh, are, have experienced something like this or are, are afraid to, and that's probably not good for hunting as a collective. Um, so that was, that was it. I mean, that to answer your question, that was the start of it. And uh, it's evolved quite a bit from there, but that was the the kickoff. So when you say an okay hunter, the okayest hunter, what, how would you define an okay hunter? How, how would you guys define yourselves even? Celebrate the failures. There's a lot of teachable moments there and like learn to laugh at yourself. And if we think back to time before social media, no one cared, you know, you just went out and you shot deer and you had fun and, I think it's trying to harken back to get getting back to our roots is, is why we got into the stuff. Like be a kid about it on a Christmas morning. Uh, as our friend uh, down south says, uh, Jared Norwood, you know, she would never get your pee hot. Um, <laughs> for, one, for one way to put it. And, and it's this laughter that we're having right now. Like that, that there needs to be more of that going on. So we, we leverage humor a lot, but uh, everyone's at a different stage in their hunting journey. And that should be celebrated too. You don't know what someone else is going through. Um, you know, a lot of us here are raising families or some of us are focusing on our careers or um, maybe you're trying something new for the first time or whatever it is. So it's it just be cognizant of others. And I, you know, I'll, I'll jump in and so that the, where people are on their hunting journey, it's, it's really hard to know that when you see one picture on, on social media that someone posts, you know, I look at myself, I've gone through a real evolution as a hunter. This is Tyler, by the way, I should probably introduce myself. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> you know, I started hunting when I was 12, um, was really blessed to have like this amazing property. We saw all these deer, you know, I'm sitting there as a 12 year old and trying to, you know, wait for a certain like size of buck. And this is before social media. Like this is how I started hunting, very spoiled, very judgy of other hunters. And then like I started to evolve. I got into bow hunting about eight years ago, um, and started to sit there and I'm sitting there as I'm hunting and thinking about these deer that are walking by and what people might be saying if I posted that, what would they comment? What would they think? And that's just not healthy, right? I'm passing up opportunities to make memories. What, why am I, why am I doing this? And then, um, now I have, you know, two young kids. So the amount of time that I actually get to hunt is, is minimal. So, you know, right now, like I'm just looking to put some meat in the freezer, right? It's that, that's what it's about for me as I look out the next couple of years and until my, my daughters get a little bit older and I can start taking them out with me and maybe get a little bit more time in the field. So it's, you know, I look at it as, you know, I've, I've really evolved and gone more from someone who's trying to hunt a certain age class of buck to, uh, you know, more of an okayist hunter or someone who's almost at the beginning stages. Um, I look at myself and then I look at other people on social media and where they might be at. And the whole thing is, it's really interesting. And I've, um, you know, Eric, Eric pitched the idea to me, um, a few years ago, was that 2019 maybe? Yeah, I think so. 2019. And I was having all these thoughts and feelings about it. And I was like, 
I'm all in, let's go, you know, and it started as, hey, um, and buck shaming. And it's now for me, it's more about how do we make hunters feel comfortable in the community, no matter where they're at in their hunting journey. And I'll jump in on that. This is Derek. Um, I kind of look at it a little bit different way now than kind of when I got started with you guys just over a year ago. And going off of what Tyler said, like, you don't know where someone started their journey hunting and they may have had the best of public land and hunting came super easy. They got a whole pile of deer when they're 15 years old. And that kid might look at another kid who's 15 who grew up with no one showing him the ropes and he's hunting the piece of crap public land down the road because it's all he's got. And hunting is two totally different things for those two people. And instead of seeing okay as hunter is like, okay as in not a great hunter, I see it as like, it's okay no matter what kind of hunter you are. So like whether you're that public land hunter, the private land, like it's okay. As long as it's legal, it's okay and celebrate it. Like what they said, like your journey, their journey, embrace where you are in it. And it's okay for other people to be where they are. Yeah. What about you, Greg? What's your story, Greg? My story, um, basically started hunting as as a young guy too you know 12 years old had my hunter safety succeeded on a turkey right away in the spring whiffed at multiple deer had you know witnessed the worst cases of buck fever ever as i'm watching (laughs) giant 10 pointers jump through fence rows and you know i i love that stuff and i i had to take a break you know got into tech school and went went off and started a career and i took a a pretty long break from deer hunting did a bit of duck and, and continued on with turkey but i always enjoyed it no matter what and i hunted with people of all different skill levels and you know they all treated me pretty much the same you know we we're all respectful of each other and it's the same with this group i'm not the best hunter here i've not killed the most and biggest deer but i really enjoy it i enjoy the camaraderie and like these guys had said it it's okay to be okay it's okay to celebrate it and everybody's journey is different yeah you know what's interesting is like listening to all of your stories and in in from my own experience and talking to other people and stuff one thing that seems to stand out so much is just the the impact of comparison comparing what we are doing or what we have done or what we've quote unquote achieved or got or whatever comparing that to others uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if this is something that is just, I mean, it is human nature, I guess. I was going to say, I don't know if this is human nature, but this is human nature, but I think it's human nature that has been, it has been amplified by technology and social media, right? I mean, if you were to look back 25 years ago, there would be a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of that dick measuring contest, uh, earmuffs of the kids, but like that kind of thing at the bar, right? A couple people put out a picture from their wallet and they say, oh, I got this big buck. And so like locally then a group of like 20 people, maybe you'd be like telling stories and comparing this or that or whatever. There was a little bit of that kind of thing going on. But now we aren't just pulling out a picture from the wallet and showing two guys at a table. It's you're talking to thousands of people on Instagram or you're talking on a podcast to people or you are sharing something on Facebook that can go viral or be posted on some message board or some forum or some Facebook group. And so many people see this thing and so many people that don't even know you personally. So previously, you were only sharing your experiences and and kind of going back and forth the people you had a relationship with and a history with and who cared about you. But now this stuff's being shared across the world to a bunch of random people that have no connection to you, no understanding of you. Uh, and also there's no, I mean, 
all, all the downsides that come with general social media trolling as well. So all of these things, I think, have amplified this idea of not living, uh, not just being able to live your own experience, but your experience in part being, uh, what am I trying to say? Your experience inevitably is always going to be in some way compared to others. Like that's kind of a human thing. We all, we can't help but look at what we have in comparison to others. But now that sample size is huge and full of a bunch of a-holes. And I think that is, is this crazy new sensation that we're dealing with that has really, really profoundly impacted hunting in the last 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah. It's competitive human nature. You know, everybody wants to either do better for themselves or maybe prove that they're better than, you know, the next guy. And some people take it another step further and they, they brag about it. You know, they put it out there and either they get shamed for it or a pat on the back. And I think a lot of times on social media, there's, there's times when this is happening and it's not even inherently bad. Like someone's not trying to shame you or like troll you, but like when, when a young person or a, a newer hunter or anyone for that matter shoots a six pointer, then someone says, Oh, Hey, nice buck would have been a beauty in a year or two. Like, that's a nice comment. They're trying to be nice. They're not trying to shame them. But to that person who maybe just took their biggest or first deer, it doesn't feel like a congratulations. No. It doesn't feel like a pat on the no. back because it's got that comparison. It's a nice job, but I'm going like to kick Mark's you in the said, ass on the way out. Yeah, anyway. like, yeah. Just, the bad, the bad. <laughs> well, what's worse is the people, you know, themselves that say not, not the biggest, but so they're already doing themselves. They're already going on yes. defense before they even get it out they into know the freeway yep. of social yep. media. It's too bad. And, and it's like, well, if, if it was big enough for you to shoot, then celebrate it and respect the animal, by the way, to some degree, because now you're doing that animal a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. And the folks that don't even share at all, it's like, cause they don't even want to deal with it. It's not even worth the, the anxiety that's going to come with that. So yeah, um, there's always a keyboard cowboy somewhere. Yeah, it's Eric. It's almost, truth. <laughs> I mean, they're like, they're like protecting themselves from yeah, any you're, type you're of forecasting <laughs> the, yeah. the, yeah, the, what's going to come down the hill. For and sure. they, the worst part is they're protecting themselves from other hunters yes people who are supposed to be one of the same community right yes. like that's what they're protecting themselves from yeah. you no know, but we're gonna forever have to deal with that we're trying to change it we're though. trying we're, we're trying, trying to help so what do you think the if we were to point the finger at the source of this problem this kind of virus inside the community um is this is this stemming from like the media is this because the mainstream hunting media has perpetrated or perpetuated an idea of what you're supposed to do and they make it look so easy and they make it look like big bucks are everywhere? And is it that? Is it like this uh, pornographication of hunting or is it is it instead the social media aspect and just like like people like just regular people being trolls and all that? Is it the com- is it the comparison thing and everyone trying to be cooler on social media? Like if you guys were to try to trace this back to its source, do you have a theory on that or is it really a combination of all the above and something else too? Yeah, it's a yes out of the gate, but the, the, I think the, the core issue is ego and human nature, which we talked about. I read a book, human, you know, the laws of human nature by Robert green and it's, very long book about human nature, but you can start to see some common themes that root back to the beginning of time. And I've also read the book Ego is the Enemy about too many times. Good one. Uh, yeah. And so that is the the main theme that there's ego in hunting. There's ego in everything, but ego in hunting in itself is 
uh, particularly particularly rampant among this type of you know people are really visceral about hunting. We have really strong opinions because it's tied to our heritage and our family ties, and so different opinions clash really loudly in our in our space. Um, I'll say social media isn't. It's just magnified what's always been there. That's it's just bringing it's just shining a light on something that's the human nature that's always been there. And to your point about the hunting industry and these, uh, you know, grip and grins and the and the pros doing certain things on t- on TV. You know, it's unfortunate that you know the platform that they have and have had for some time um, doesn't allow for showing mistakes because the reach that it has. And you know, if you're on cable television and someone just happens to scroll through and stop and they see you you know, uh, wounding an animal and making a joke about it or something like that, that show is going to get shut down. So even though they're making those mistakes, they're just not showing them at all. Um, so something for us is, is a little bit of contrast is again, well, that's our focal point. We're, we're focusing on the, I dropped the thing down the tree stand that played Planko. I forgot my release. I tripped into this thing. I, you know, all the common mistakes that even the best hunters have made, have made, which is something that we call okayest moments. Even if you're not like a complete OKS hunter by our like definition, you've still done some stuff that you can laugh at that pissed you off in the moment. Um, years later, it's a great story to tell. Um, so I think to your point, the answer is yes to those things. I think ego is the is the core of it. And then a lot of that has just perpetuated out these other systemic problems. Um, but we ought not to be the head butting the neck off within our own community. Yep. And I'll, I'll add, I think, you know, for me, as I look at it, I think it can be a lack of perspective from, from people, right? You've hunted in this same county on the same farm or the same piece of public and whether it's good or whether it's bad, we don't understand that people are in different circumstances, right? Um, you could have a hunter who's in up in Northern Wisconsin, big woods, you know, low population to deer hunting and, or low population of deer numbers. And, you know, they're what they define as success or someone in a CWD zone is going to have different decisions to make than exactly, you know, their definition of a shooter buck is different than, you know, my definition of a shooter buck. If I'm hunting in Buffalo County, Wisconsin, Uh, I'm curious if, if something I experienced recently is something you guys have experienced that kind of led you to where you are now with this, um, where I had fallen, I'd gone so deep down this wormhole we're talking about, where I've been so obsessed with trying to achieve these goals and looked at it like a mission that I had to spare no expense and no, like if I took an ounce of time off, I felt bad because I wasn't giving it everything I possibly could. And if I wasn't doing everything perfect, I was awful on all these things. And I made, you know, this hunting thing into, well, I guess, I guess I'm in a unique situation. I was going to say I've made it into my job, but it is my job. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so maybe my maybe my story doesn't really work but you but, teach me how to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teach us please um but what i'm trying to say is that i had gone so deep into putting all this pressure on myself and and whether i wanted to admit it or not i was comparing myself to other people or judging myself negatively because i wasn't like other people yada 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 all of that led me to going on a lot of outings or trips or having a lot of moments where I was not having fun hunting anymore. I was losing the fun of this thing. And that was what I think helped jolt me out of this is, is kind of realizing that and realizing that it's not, it's not worth losing the fun of this thing that has been so transformational in my life in a good way. Uh, 
Have any one of you guys had anything? You could have come to it a different way. It might have lost its fun because of the negativity in the community or anything like that. But have you guys ever had a moment where you started to worry about losing the fun? And is that part of what jolted you into this uh, new way of looking things? Anyone does that resonate? I, I think that didn't jolt us into this, but this helped us shed that skin. OKS Hunter as a brand that we're working in and building and, and so forth and spending time on and seeing and talking to folks uh, helped us realize that. You know, uh, Ryan Holiday, again, another reference, stillness is a key, talks about being present and being in the moment and appreciating that. And I found myself like getting mad at deer, <laughs> like by the end of like, which probably wasn't terrible because I'm like really motivated to kill the thing. Um, you know, but, but I was like, well, this is wrong. Like I'm, I'm taking the joy out of it because I wasn't getting the results that I wanted even after the effort. It's like studying for a test, taking the test and still doing bad. It was like, but deer hunting isn't a test. Maybe it is to some degree. You can test yourself in certain scenarios and measure things, but there's no guarantees. There's no like guaranteed outcome. You can put in all the effort in the world. I mean, Derek, you hunted your ass off last season. What'd you get? right so but you know and that's just how it goes but that's that's the joy of it is the process and again when you start to really enjoy that process and all that kind of preparation it's like tailgating for a baseball game half the fun isn't sitting in the stands and get a home run don't go around that's a great part but half the fun is like getting ready buying the brats like cooking out with your friends playing bag toss playing catch you know, walking to the stadium, having some peanuts, getting some nachos, like all of that stuff can be replaced with hunting terminology. And we're in a very similar situation. And if they happen to strike a home run, if we happen to see a deer and actually make a connection on it, that's just bonus. It should always be bonus. Uh, so, uh, Mark, I, I, I can relate to what you what you experienced to, to a degree, obviously not to your degree. I, you know, I would say 2016, I think I shot my first buck with a bow. It's 2016. Yeah, I think it's 2016. And by 2018, I was like, you know, pressing so hard during the season, it wasn't fun anymore. And it, it, it sucked. You know, I got to the end of the season, I was burned out and didn't have a deer to show for it. And I, I, I was miserable. I was glad that the season was over instead of missing it. It's hard on the family too. It is. It's so hard on the family. And, you know, and that's when like the next year, the next summer is when, you know, I met Eric and we started talking about this and it was like, this is, this is what I need personally as a hunter so that I can go out be okay with making mistakes, be okay with not shooting the biggest buck, be okay with maybe not feeling my tag, which is probably more of more of the norm than anything else. Um, and you know, that, that opened up as Eric said, it shed, it shed the skin and made it okay for me personally. Um, and I've enjoyed hunting much more since we've started this. We all get served a piece of humble pie with a side of tag soup every year. <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, Mark, I know you said you're kind of in the process of, you know, like this realization of trying to make hunting back like fun and the way you, you know, remembered it. And this is kind of what happened to me. Uh, I take whitetail deer hunting more seriously than I absolutely should. And anyone knows me, like, that's all I really think about and do. Man's I ridiculous. Give, I give Greg, like, <laughs> like, Greg is an outdoorsman. Like, he, he hunts ducks, he hunts, like, he loves all this stuff. I do that because I'm trying to like occupy a little tiny bit of my life away from deer because I'm always thinking about it. <laughs> I drag so, them out on the boat every once in a while. We try to go chase salmon and trout on Lake Michigan. So about five years ago, I started, I started hunting and realizing that I was like feeling the pressure to kill one, not for myself, but just cause like I felt pressure to produce because people think of me as like the, a, a deer hunting guy. Yeah. So like, I was like, holy crap, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm trying to kill this deer, like, so I can get a kill. 
like, cause that's what I'm supposed to do. And what helped me kind of get past that, cause it really was a bad feeling. Like it was a terrible realization, but I had a good buddy who was a fishing friend and he asked me, he's like, dude, can I start bow hunting with you? And I was like, that would be awesome. So the process of like taking him through and kind of teaching him and letting him have like all those okayest moments totally like reinvigorated why I do it and like what I enjoy about it. And now Adam is probably <laughs> crazier than I ever was yep. <laughs> about it, but like just kind of stepping back and taking my own like, you know, pressure and drive out of it and helping someone get started just totally changed the way I looked at something I'd been doing my whole life. Yeah. I think that's a great, that's a great point. And that's, that's something I've, I've experienced to the last few years is just how, how much fun it is to, to not only help other people and teach with other people, but just experience it with other people again. I mean, I think for a lot of us, and I might be speaking just in my own case, but I think for a lot of people, we come into hunting in some kind of community fashion, right? There's deer camps or there's family friends or there's a buddy that takes you out, whatever. And so a lot of people's hunting journeys start with that kind of camaraderie. And that's a big part of why we love it. That's a big part of why I loved it was going up to my family deer camp and being up there with my dad and grandpa and uncles and the guys. And I mean, that was so great, but for me at least, and I I think this is a relatively common trend for some people, the deeper you get into it, the more hardcore you get. Once, once I got to like this Terminator mode I was in, it was like, well, I can't afford to go to the deer camp because the deer hunting there isn't that good anymore. So I need to be on a solo mission to Iowa to hunt seven days straight. And even though my other friends are going to stop midday to eat lunch, uh, and get together for breakfast or whatever and BS, I need to be out there every hour of the day. So I'm going to spend all of my time in the tree, yada, yada, yada. So now all of a sudden I went from what used to be a community camaraderie kind of thing to all of a sudden now I'm like a solo assassin that doesn't have time for anybody else. And I lost that. Um, so just trying to reclaim like the community fun part of it is something that I've realized is such a huge thing too. Yeah. It's like, you know, deer hunting is like trying to solve a puzzle, an endless puzzle. And the more pieces you find, the the more fun it becomes, the harder it seems to get. It's like perfecting a golf swing. You know, it, it, you could probably come in a golf course and I've never done it before. And I could probably learn pretty quick how to get a ball down the, the what's it called? The fairway. Green, fairway. fairway. How much I don't <laughs> go off the green and down the <laughs> fairway. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, analogy. at some point you get, you get so good that, you know, eventually the, it, the, you get in the red zone, right? Like it gets harder to move the ball across the next goalpost because there's it's compressed um it's really hard and, and one of the things that uh, i think I, I wrote about on our, our website and maybe it's something you put in your show notes or something but we have an article called uh okay is hunter becoming okay or maybe this is a little bit of you but we mentioned uh an mm an mma uh champion you know frank shamrock that talked about a system that he used to train his fighters called plus minus equals and what it, all i meant was like have someone that's better than you that you can uh, look up to as a as a mentor, like that person can mentor you. Have someone that's not as good as you that you can teach, because by teaching someone to do something, you are instilling something in your mind in a way that like is really locking in that information. And have someone that's equal to you that you can spar with. And obviously, in the context of fighting, you can imagine if you always got in a ring with someone better than you, you'd get your ass kicked all the time. You'd have no confidence. If you only fought with someone that's not as good as you, you'd have too much. You'd probably be cocky. You'd beat the crap out of someone all the time. And having that person that's equal to you to spar with, like really is that building, that sparring, that sharpening of you know steel versus steel. And in deer hunting, I'm sure we all have someone that we could look up to that like, wow, wow, they're really doing their their style matches my style, their their terrain and where they're at is kind of where I'm at. This looks similar. I can learn from that person. 
I think we as hunters all have something we can teach someone else. Even if you just hunted for a single day in your life, you probably learned something with your unique perspective on the world that you could teach someone else. Um, and obviously having someone that you can spar with. I think, Greg, you and I are, you know, for, <laughs> not that, I don't know. I think you're better than me, but I think we're equal in some ways, you know. Um, and, One hand washes the other, man. I mean, not everybody is going to be always even evenly matched. Yes. But yep. be humble and, and wherever, you know, you and I go hunting, I try to help you out in any way I can. And you'll look at whatever I'm doing and go, hey, maybe you should do it this way and just take it as constructive criticism yep. and work together. So, yeah, I think, Mark, that, uh, you know, getting to be okay is, is definitely okay. And <laughs> Derek's point about, about teaching someone else, reinvigorating him, that's a, that's a yeah. very tactical way to say, hey, let's see if this jostles it loose. Let's see if this kind of uh, brings me back to my roots. Yeah. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. What do you guys think of, what do you think the scale of this, of this feeling? Like if, if, we, if we were to describe this feeling or this set of concerns or whatever, this this thing that you guys have this theme you've kind of developed your group around and, and that I'm tapping into here as we discuss this, what's the scale of that across our community? I mean, I think there's one side of me that says, gosh, there's gotta be a lot of this. And there's another part where, you know, I remember, I don't know, 
10 years ago or something when I was just getting really, really, really into it. And I remember scrolling through Facebook or Instagram during the hunting season. And it seemed like every single person on the internet was an expert deer hunter and everybody was killing the biggest buck of their dreams. And everyone was so good. And I was the only person that could possibly be struggling. I think sometimes for people it can feel that way when they look online. Um, do you think there's a lot of people that feel this way or are there a lot of people that are crushing it that like going super hardcore and aren't concerned about any of this kind of stuff and just want to keep on killing big bucks and lots of life. You know, yeah. It could be some guy that does concrete for a living and he's often winners. So he's got all the time in the world and maybe it's a, you know, some people have built the life that they want to live. And if, and if you've been fortunate to do that time in the woods is something that not all of us can afford. Um, I think the okayest hunters of the of the hunting community outnumber the experts by and large. Yeah, that's I think true with everything. Like you want to do a math problem? You know, I'll say, I'll <laughs> I'll no. say two thirds of them. Two thirds of us hunters are probably okay, and the the other third are, you know, upper echelon hunters. They because they have the time, or they have the property, or all the how many people watch football versus play in the NFL? Right. You know, there you go. There's a lot of people that play in the NFL, but boy, oh boy, there's way more fans that, you know, just love the, love being in it. One thing, one thing I've noticed, and I always take this as a pretty good gauge. Um, <clears throat> just my experience, I'm always parking in public parking lots. I hunt public land all the time. That's all I hunt. And the camaraderie in the parking lot, like you talk about camaraderie with your family, the hunting community, but like the people who share the land with you are your community too. And when I was younger, man, I remember opening days in Wisconsin, <clears throat> somebody would be pulling out a buck and guys would be kicking dirt smashing rocks can't believe that guy got oh just pissed that this you know somebody else got their deer and what i've noticed in the last five years and their I, credit, deer. I would yeah their deer right they had it on camera <laughs> over the corn pile at midnight that was his buck and um i remember being younger and just going what the hell is wrong with these people like why can't they be happy the deer's dead right like be just say good job and like move on yep time and to go find a new your deer the last five or six years i have talked to more people in parking lots that were friendly than i ever have before and I would credit a lot of that to what the hunting public guys are doing because they they put out when they talk to people. They don't skip that part of their video. They put it in there, and I think that's helping build the community, and a lot of more people are open to other hunters and building camaraderie with the people they're sharing land with, and that's a very good thing. Yeah, I think um, like uh, there were over 800,000 uh, deer hunting licenses sold last year in the state of Wisconsin between gun, bow, crossbow. Um, I would guess a majority of those are okay as hunters and the, the small minority, you know, 10% are expert hunters. Yeah. yeah that's, if you, that's my, if you compared that to the numbers yeah. harvested, you're going to probably find that out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's people hunting for content too. Like literally people that go out with camera crews and they hunt for content. And I don't think that's inherently bad necessarily. Like if it gets someone into hunting when they stick with it, great. Um, that's probably not too many, but. You know, some of those people are like literally changing shirts and making separate pictures or getting third people in and changing the scenery. Like that's a whole different issue. But like to your point about what we're seeing on social media, that's no different than the, the you know, fake millionaires that go rented a car, a uh, Lamborghini and hold a couple of bills in front of it and say, you want to get rich? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's similar. Like you want to kill big deer? You know, um, it's uh, there's there's always going to be that kind of stuff going on. So just be careful of what you're looking at on the Internet or know that like, hey, maybe that person hunts full time. Yeah. The hunting public, that's that's their gig. They're in the woods more than most people, you know? They can afford it. That's what they do. So here's a question. A little devil's advocate kind of question, I suppose. Um, I've always looked at hunting 
as and again this certain people would this would resonate with some people wouldn't but for me i have always had a theory that human beings most human beings need something to push them. They need a challenge. They need a goal. They need something to be working towards. And inherently, we enjoy ourselves more when we are growing as human beings, when we're pushing past an obstacle, when we are being challenged to learn new things, to try new things, to struggle and to get through it. And so I have looked at hunting as being like a really, really good avenue for that kind of personal growth. Like that for me has been like the iron that has sharpened iron for me. I thought, man, hunting is this activity that I can do that is not just fun, but it's actually making me a better, more fulfilled person because I have this thing I have to work hard at and I have to constantly get better at it and I have to push through these things. And so I've looked at it as like a personal growth tool as well, that it served that function at least. And and as I have just been like kind of going through this evolution myself, I've had like some self-talk where I'm thinking through all this and I'm thinking, okay, does this mean that I relax my goals? Does this mean I settle? Does this mean I'm not striving for whatever it was in the past? And is that okay? Am I just, am I getting lazy? Is this like a fancy way of just being lazier or is this just an excuse? Am I making excuses for myself for not doing as good as I could have or for not trying as hard as I could have or for, you know what I'm saying? Like these are, these are like some questions in the back of my mind that I'm just exploring with myself. And I'm curious, what do you say to that? If someone out there is listening and they're saying like, okay, yeah, a lot of these things resonate with me, but at the same time, man, I also hear other people who are reminding me that, man, if you want to achieve something special or that means something to you, you have to work hard. You have to be willing to push through the tough times. Um, and maybe these things do matter to people. So I'm curious, you know, across that large sweeping set of ideas, does any of that make sense? Do you guys have thoughts on that and where, you know, where the okay hunter might be able to land in this mix? Yeah, I think so. A mentor of mine, uh, did, did, did an exercise with me. He, he drew four circles on a piece of paper and each circle represented a, a thing I was working on, right? Different objectives and projects I had going on in my life. And he said, you, you can move these four balls or circles down the, the field, right? Uh, you know, you kick this one, you kick that one, you kick this one, you kick, you'll get there. You could, it could happen. You can certainly do it. But you could focus on one or two of them and you could do it a lot faster. And once you get one of those all the way down the field to the goalpost, which you're trying to do, maybe it's shoot uh, you know, 150-inch deer, Maybe that's one of those goals. Um, but these other competing things that are also important in my life matter also. So focus on prioritizing whatever one is the most important at this stage in life that you have the most resources and capabilities to do and accomplish. And who's to say you can't? Life is long in five years, 10 years, 15 years. Go back and do that other ball, that other thing. So for me right now, when I consider family, well, that is the most important thing. My kids are going to be young once. And I don't want to be the dad that couldn't go to this or couldn't go to that because what, I had to go chase that deer? Like, I'm not going to have that conversation with them when they're older, when they're not going to know their dad. So I'm going to be a dad first and foremost. And guess what? When they're older and they can come with me, when they're in college and off living their own lives like I am now, they don't have all the time in the world to go do that other goal and kill that big deer. You know, so it's just, it's a matter of perspective, priorities, and how you prioritize them. And it's not to say that I can't work as hard as I possibly can at something. Um, I agree with the sentiment that, you know, we like to be pushed and, and that brings out the best in us. But it depends on what that thing is. And it doesn't mean that you can't do it later. You can always get to it later. And maybe by doing the first thing, 
um, you'll have more time, energy, and resources. If I'm focused on building a business, maybe I'm building a life that I want, and I'll be able to fund um, a hunt in other states and go chase bigger deer than I've ever could have done if I just kept trying to do it now and let the other stuff die in the vine. So that that's a unique perspective that I like to offer. And I'll I'll add, I just think I think it's you know you got to do what makes you happy, right? So if you're burning out chasing 150 inch deer and it's going to make you happy to quote unquote settle for a 130 inch deer then do what do what makes you happy you know for me i you know i'm thinking about um well this last this past season um <clears throat> my daughter was born november 13th so i got to bow hunt a total of maybe five days and i did not go out uh at all during gun season and so like just perspective, right? I wasn't going to sacrifice. Yeah, Good I wasn't going to sacrifice yeah. any of that time. And so I knew if any deer walked by with that had antlers, I was probably going to draw back on it. Right? And, and I knew that. Didn't you? And then you missed one. Yes. Let's not talk about. Talk about it, Tyler. Yeah, that's okay. true. It is, it is true. Let's get um, these feelings out there. I, I think we're running out of time here, though, so let's keep moving the conversation along. I like that. So. It, you know, this next year, right? I don't know this coming season. I don't know how much time I'm going to have. But Derek's point: in five years, I might have more time where I can I can push myself a little bit more. You know, before I had kids, I spent a ton of time in the ton of time in the stand, right? Unsuccessfully most of the time, but I spent a ton of time in the stand and tried to push myself. But right now, I know I can't do that, and it's going to make me happier to spend time with my girls than it is for me to sit there and grind in a tree stand. Yeah, Frank, did you have a thought there? Well, I mean, I could just share my experience from last year. I mean, we know what I was chasing. Yeah, I, I, the, the I, mega. Yeah, I had an opportunity that just didn't quite pan out. It was public, so there was other guys. I'm fairly confident. We, I'm very certain that they knew that deer was in there, and that area was getting more and more pressure by the week as the season progressed. And it got to the point where every time I turned around, I was finding another cell cam, another scent drag, another bag, uh, another plastic bag laying there from whatever snack they were eating. And, you know, no matter what I did, like the sign was getting less and less going through certain areas. And then I did have to settle. I decided it was just time to leave that area and go somewhere else to another area that I felt confident in. And I took a buck there instead. Was it the monster that I was after? No, but I made a hell of a memory going in there, stand on my back, do what I do what I do and, and followed the sign in hung and killed that right away. It, it went well. So it, it was okay to be okay. Then <laughs> probably yeah, a lot was, of fun. Was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was driving to Pennsylvania to hunt and I got a text from Greg and it was a picture of a deer. I was like, Holy crap. He did it. You know, I was so jacked. <laughs> and we get so used to like, I get to talk to these guys every week about hunting and stuff we love. And usually you're, you know, your buddies. They, they're kind of like-minded like you are. So like most of my friends I talk about hunting are very driven to get a big buck. Um, but talking with one of my coworkers who, yeah, I'm a hunter, you know, and I'm like, oh, good, another hunter. I can talk to him. We have cafeteria duty together, so I get to spend some time with him. And he's explaining to me, you know, the hunting, you know, he goes out for Wisconsin gun season. Awesome. I'm like, you know, t- soaking it in. Like, what do you do? What do you hunt? And, you know, he finds a spot to sit on the ground. He's, I'm going to the library this week. I check out a couple of my favorite books. I just sit out there and read. I was like, oh, do you, 
do you get any deer? Sometimes. And I was like, that's, <laughs> but like, that's, that's what he enjoys. But right? that's, that's, a, I, that's a tradition. That's, that's it's a okay. tradition. Yeah. And that's okay. Like some guys have huge goals. I know all of us, we have goals every mm-hmm. season, what we'd like yep. to do. Some people, their goal is just to get out and enjoy nature because that's not what he does. You're allowed three and that's kids okay, are. right? That's like a, the, the whole perspective <laughs> thing. Like, you don't know what his situation is. He doesn't know mine. He doesn't understand how I think about deer hunting. <laughs> is not. Let me pick out a good book for my deer stand because I just don't do that. Like, I think it's a great idea. I like he's it. <laughs> for something else. But that was like really eye-opening. Like talking to him, it's like, holy cow, not all hunters think this. No, <laughs> not at all. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think, I think, I think it was Tyler who said it first, or whoever it was. It's hard to keep track of you guys over there, but <laughs> but someone just brought up the fact that you know it might be settling for one person, but if it's fun, it's fun. And I think that is is becoming like my my like north star is is aiming towards what's fun and trying to avoid what's not. And if if a goal is no longer a fun goal to chase, then what's the point of you know, sharpening your axe to chase something that's, that's actually not fulfilling for you at all. But I mean, I think this is, this is something that I'm just seeing more and more. I think that this is, I think this is a growing trend in our community because, you know, I, while everyone talks about how hunter numbers are down relatively have been, have been going down over the last, you know, five, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, people talk a lot about how we're losing hunters. That's true. But I think that the number of people that are taking it really, really seriously is growing pretty substantially. So the number of people who, you know, like you, Derek, or me, who, who, who like your life revolves around whitetails and you, everything goes into it and you don't go to the library to grab a book to sit in the ground on opening (laughs) day, right? There's a whole lot more people that are spending lots of money to get their saddles and their sticks dialed in and they've got everything taped up and they know every little patch and corner of public land where there could be a big buck and they've got their cell cameras all over the place. Like the number of people that go that far with it, that group is, is growing. But I do think that that group where there's a lot of growing interest and excitement, there's also this growing pressure and stress that people are putting on themselves because they think if I've invested this much time, if I've invested this much energy, if I'm a part of this community that values this thing, I have to be getting this thing. And I can tell you just like within my own little personal circle of like good hunting buddies, I have so many good hunting buddies who we all claim to love this thing. We all, you know, we're, we're group because we love this thing. There's so many times during the hunting season where people are complaining about, I hate this. Why am I doing this? I should be out golfing. (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm going to take up ice fishing a month and a half early now. Um, everyone's just driving themselves crazy worrying about, you know, doing something wrong or messing up the hunt or somebody else screwing up their hunt or how come everyone else is getting it? I, I, there's just so many stories and examples and people I can think of and, and myself include in certain examples where we're just, we're sucking the fun out of it by virtue of pressure, too much goals, too much stress, too much, whatever comparison. There's all these different like vultures sitting on the power line looking down at our carcass on the ground, just waiting to come in and take a bite. Um, And I guess my question then is if the solution is to, if the solution is to embracing an okay hunter mindset, whether you're a really good hunter or you're not just, I think there's an idea here of like an okay hunter mindset. What's the key to doing that? Like, what's the key? What, what's how can I become a successful quote unquote okayest hunter? That being someone who's you know embracing 
the idea of having fun, embracing the mistakes, embracing the balance, embracing the good and the bad, all that kind of stuff. What have you guys found both with yourselves personally and maybe hearing from other people in your community with kind of chasing this new goal of how we approach hunting? How do we do that better? Uh, you know, two, two things come to mind and it is cheesy as it's going to sound. There's two hashtags that we use. Uh, one of them is my tag, my hunt. And at that rate, it's, I bought the tag with my money. It's literally my hunt. So I'm going to do what I want with it. And therefore I should think the same towards others. It's their tag and it's their hunt. And if we stop focusing on what other people are doing with their tag, we can then focus on what we're doing with ours to make ourselves feel more fulfilled. And if that spreads enough and people focus inward rather than outward, and that, like, if that were to scale, if that was like something that could actually scale, more people would stop ridiculing others and there'd be less fear of being ridiculed and it would alleviate some of that pressure. It'd be a bit of a relief valve um, to then, you know, it would kind of, uh, I don't know, fix some of that issue, I suppose. And the other one is never, never pass. And that's a stark contrast to, to people saying, let it walk. But what we're really trying to say is never pass on doing what makes you happy or never pass on making a memory or never pass on a chance to fill your freezer. You know, again, tying this into your hunt and focusing inward um, can really help a lot. And and I think, Tyler, you made one of the, <clears throat> you know, like posts of stop caring what, you know, about people you don't know, judge your hunt or I don't know how you worded it, but, um, you know, why do we care about people we don't know judging our hunts? Like, it just doesn't matter. Why, why should that matter? And I think to that point, they're not judging your hunt. Right. The my tag, my hunt, like when you see a picture on Facebook, you're judging the kill, the outcome. And what do hunters always say? It's not about the outcome. It's about the hunt. Mm hmm. People don't know what your hunt was. They don't know what your story was. They don't know what that deer did that got you so excited, right? They're just judging the kill. My take my hunt. Like, you don't know someone else's hunt. Don't judge it. Don't judge it based yeah. on the kill. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Then you go, Greg. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Uh, you know, it, talk about relieving the pressure. I think, uh, you know, we use humor a lot in our messaging because mm -hmm. I th laughter, laughter is a good cure for some of the frustrations that happen during hunting season. You bet. Yeah, we try to be really, really relatable because this stuff happens to everything you see on our social is like something that has happened to us. Yes. It's very relatable. And and we started to realize like, well, gosh, we're not the only ones dealing with this stuff. So that relatability is really carried on. But Greg, I don't think you had a couple points here. Yeah, no, I got one other point and another hashtag to add to the call it number three hashtag is shoot deer. If you haven't had a whole lot of experience shooting deer, you haven't had a whole lot of experience tracking deer, you want to get good at that. You need to shoot deer. I mean, I went on a long dry spell of not killing anything with my bow. And all of a sudden, as a service technician out in the field, I had one customer that had a doe problem. It was a suburban area. And that really helped me hone my shooting skills, how, how, to, how to shoot deer, you know, how to wait for them to move a certain way. And when I can draw and how high I should set my tree stand in certain situations. And, you know, there's a lot of learning that went on there. And I went on a really awesome, you know, tirade of just knocking deer down. So take that advantage, you know, or take advantage of that and, and shoot them when you can. If you have a doe tag, why are you not using it? Yeah, I think there's a lot Man, of people who... Sorry. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot of people who, because of what's portrayed on the media or seen on social media, it's, it's easy to think like that it's, 
you know, even when you're just starting, you have to be holding out for a big buck or whatever. And because of that, like you just said, Greg, uh, you pass up on so many opportunities to learn, so many opportunities to get better because you think you have to hold out. I mean, I had this exact problem. First off, as a kid growing up, I thought I had to shoot a buck for my first deer. So I passed up on a thousand does as a kid uh, and never shot anything until I was like 18 or 19 because I wanted that first deer to be a buck. So that was my first problem. And then I killed that first buck, second buck. And I think after killing my third buck ever, at that point, I had consumed enough hunting media and seen enough stuff out there that I thought, okay, I can't shoot year and a half old bucks anymore. I can only shoot three year older bucks. I have to shoot big bucks now. So I'd only killed three deer. And now I'm trying to shoot a mature, a relatively mature buck and, and thinking that that was what I had to do. And I probably had a whole lot more learning I could have done. I had a whole lot I could have grown from and enjoyed, had a whole a lot of fun if I had, you know, enjoyed those introductory years more versus immediately trying to jump to somewhat, you know, expert level status, because I thought that's what you had to do. I think, I don't think I'm alone in that. Managing expectations is a big thing that I think a lot of it's, new hunters, it's is tough. tough with it's all tough. the, you know, YouTube and in, in the hunting videos. One thing I always think about, and Greg knows he's going to know the guy when I mention it, but he and I went down to public uh, in Illinois and we're doing some hunting and we ran into a guy just outside of one of the parking lots. We got out, we started scouting. There's another car in the parking lot, but it was midday. So we were pretty sure maybe this guy was walking around. Yep. We'd only made it 150 yards. Yeah, if that, from the truck. And we ran into the guy. I thought, good, we can talk to him, see if he's going in or out so we don't mess him up. So we go over and he was a first year hunter, just started. And the guy had the crispy boots, brand new, first light set up brand new Matthews V3. Like this guy <laughs> yeah. had done some yeah. serious research and watched all the right things. Like I think about him all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder how that season went for him. I, After I do too. you've invested this much and like put, I'm sure this guy. He had, had to have watched. three grand worth of equipment just on him right now. It was unbelievable. And, and he's like, yeah, I never hunted before. <laughs> and I was like, I hope he finds some sort of fun or happiness in the hunt because boy that would be a really crappy way to realize you don't like hunting after doing right it, after yeah. buying what he bought you know so true and i don't think that guy's alone in that i think there's probably a lot of people that have taken that same path and it's, yeah. it's great for, to see that excitement but uh but there's there's a whole lot more to it than having just the right gear that's for sure Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. 
And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. So what about, let's lean into a little bit more about like, if I were to, if we were to generalize a lot of what I feel like you guys are talking about here, it's it's like focusing on the fun, removing the stress, or finding that pressure release valve, or whatever. Because those might be like the two conflicting um, energies that are kind of streaming through hunting as like personally your personal hunting journey, and then like the community, right? There's like the fun side, and then there's like this pressure or stress that goes along with it, and we can kind of go leaning more into the stress side or we can lean more into the fun side. I'm curious if you guys have any other like tactical advice for how to do this. Like an example being one thing that I've always thought that would make me a lot happier during hunting season would be to remove Facebook and Instagram from my phone and everything during hunting season so that I would never know what anybody else was doing. I would never have anything to compare against. I would never have any reason to feel like I'm not doing that great because I would never see any of the other stuff. And I would never worry about having to post a picture and someone dogging me about whatever. Like that's like a a tactical thing somebody could do that might just be a pressure release valve to kind of remove yourself from that negativity. I can't do that, but, um, I'm curious if there's any things that you guys do or have thought about that have helped you kind of lean into the fun side of being an okay hunter or release whatever pressure or stress there might have been in the past for you guys, or maybe it's something totally different. Honestly, it's our, our community for me. It's, it's knowing that, um, here's, here's a terrible example, which is I'm, I'm notorious (laughs) for doing this. So I apologize for for doing this, but listen to this. So we're going uh, tomorrow morning at five o'clock. We're leaving with my three kids, uh, my, my kids, grandparents, and uh, it's going to be a fun trip on a Disney cruise. And yikes. What is great about that? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, but hear me out. So we went to Disney a couple years back when we just had just our daughter and my wife was pregnant with our son. So now we're like, you know, outnumbered. We're playing, you know, zone coverage on man to man. But the point is, Going on that trip versus something like a Royal Caribbean or whatever, we're going to be around other parents that are going to be, what else should I say, suffering also. <laughs> There's going to be other screaming kids. There's going to be uh, things built into this experience like uh, changing stations at every turn. There's going to be ways for moms to do like what they do with pumping and stuff with their bodies and there's going to be someone that's going to hand a kid an ice cream cone when they're screaming and having a total meltdown. So when you're Doing something that's surrounded by a way that can accommodate the lifestyle choices you're making. And this sounds glorious. 
think about our community of OKS Hunter. We have a community. We literally have an OKS Hunter crew. We have like a hundred people that have like bowed to be brand uh, accolades and, or acolytes, whatever. What's the word I'm looking for here? Doesn't Accolyte. matter. Accolyte. Uh, thank you. Yes. So you know, having that support system gives us the breathing room to feel like we can take that pressure off. So it's it, it's not necessarily completely tactical, but I put on a dad bod shirt the other day and I'm not super proud of my dad bod because I took a lot of pride in my fitness and my physique and I have, that is not a thing right now. And sure I put on my take pride in fitness bush like yeah. your mouth. Well, you know, but I, I put this shirt on that said that dad bod. has been left way behind at the goal line. Well, and suddenly I feel I like feel it's okay. Hey, I'm wearing this dad bod shirt. I'm part of a community now. Like there's other guys and they're like, cheers to that dad bod, bro. I'm like, yeah. It's okay. I've left one community and I've joined another one. <laughs> like, to have a support system is important. And and our community provides that, you know. So I think that's critical. I think, you know, I know people that aren't on social media at all and they never were. So like they don't have to deal with that uh, hard switch of trying to leave it behind. That That's a big friction point. That would be difficult to do if you get some joy out of that. So that's my two cents on the topic. I would I would agree. I think it's I think it's community and and having a message that's out there. Right, that's different from maybe mainstream and what we see a lot of. Whether it's uh, YouTube shows, hunt, other hunting shows, um, you know, what's on is Instagram with the grip and grin with the you know huge bucks. You know, just understanding that there's other messages out there and having that out, having that visible for for new hunters or wherever people are at in their hunting journey to see. I think that's the that's the relief point for me personally, and I hope it is for other people too, because I don't think it's realistic to ask people to delete Facebook and Instagram. I mean, there's turn your notifications off maybe, but yeah. Yeah, Well, dude, I'm telling you, I'm going to differ with you because it's my career and I deleted the Facebook app and the Twitter app off my phone. So I haven't been able to take Instagram off, but just taking Facebook and Twitter off of my phone. So if I still need to do something for work, I can get on my computer and do it. But by removing the apps on my phone, I have been able to still maintain my job and keep my career. But dramatically improved my mental well-being because the impulse stuff like the you're you know you've got 10 minutes randomly or two minutes in a line and you flip open facebook and start scrolling like i was able to eliminate that and that has been super tangible and and like i said instagram would be great that's the next one on my list but i'm telling you it is doable and it has helped me so for whatever that's That's, worth yeah that is good greg what about you what about me? What about Bob? <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> no, I think surrounding yourself with good people. I mean, there's a group of four of us. Every, you know, we had our whole group chat going all fall. And, you know, kind of feel bad for the one guy that couldn't make it out. And I'm posting pictures of being in the stand. And he's just, I can tell his gear has got to be grinding a little bit. And it's not to poke at him. But, you know. Maybe he can live a little vicariously through my pictures or something. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not out there, but I hope someone else, I hope you're, you know, yeah. Right, you're so you got the right attitude yeah, exactly. for it. Not everybody will have that same attitude. Um, but, and I enjoy sharing what's going on. I, it's not to be bragging about it or anything. It's just, Hey, this is what's happening out here. And, but having the right people in, in your core circle, that's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah. For sure. Those sharing, 
sharing the okayest moments with you guys. Like when I yeah. mess stuff up bad, because normally I don't share that stuff. I well, then I turn into, it, then I I turn like into gifts. myself. I don't tell my, my other hunting buddies who are like hardcore. Like, I don't, I don't tell them that I messed up, dropped my climbing stick 20 feet and it dinged off everyone. Uh-huh. I'm not telling. But when we get together, our group text, I'm like, guess what I just did? <laughs> and it feels good to let go of that stuff. And yep. know you're not getting judged. No. Feels good. Yep. Imagine having to admit those things to tens of thousands of people every day on YouTube or podcasts. That's that's a whole lot of fun. Um, it's it great. When, so the the relatability door opens up, and suddenly people start like sharing their stories with you. Oh yeah, you know, and that's yeah. that's where it's like, oh well, this isn't that bad, you know. It's that, or it's they look at it and go, you know what, you you guys aren't for me. Okay, we're not for you. That's fine. Well, there's certainly, there's certainly a lot of people that do like that kind of thing because, you know, I, I basically have been living the okayest hunter, at least results side of things since I started this whole thing. Like I've been making more mistakes than anyone and talking about it. And I always joke that, uh, a guy walked up to me, not a guy, a friend who's also in the whitetail world who said that me said that I had cornered the market on failure in the deer hunting industry. So I've kind of made a, I kind of made a name of this thing and somehow people have stuck with me. So there must, there must be something to what you guys are saying, <laughs> um, but I want to, I want to do something. I want to do like a, a little bit of like an on air exercise of sorts here. Um, let's, let's do something. I don't know if it'll work, but we're going to work through this as like a group project out loud. We're going to think through this idea. Let's say, do anything and just the rest of the group carries me. <laughs> I want to. I know all the projects, man. I want to write the ten commandments for being an okayest hunter. So for someone listening right now who's thinking, "Yeah, you know what? This resonates with me. I want to lean more into this approach to hunting." If we could think of like ten commandments, ten rules, ten words or phrases to live by. Let's let me hear what you guys have, and I'm gonna take note. I'm gonna keep track of what our ten are. And if if Eric has an idea, and Greg, you think it's horrible, please call him out and tell him how horrible the idea is, so that we can narrow <laughs> down the ten best ideas. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna kick us off with the first thing, and I think that it's important to not take yourself too seriously. I like that. Don't oh. take yourself too seriously. You just already made way too much pressure on yourself. Perfect. Lighten up a little. Remember why you started. Number two, remember why you, you started. From. Keep them coming, guys. I'm liking this. I'm writing them down, too. I, w- I would say never pass on making memories. That's what it's all about. Never pass on making memories. Shooter Buck, is, memories. Shooter Buck is in the eye of the beholder. I like it. Shooter Buck's in the eye of the beholder. All right, that's four of ten. You're 40% I'd of the say- way there. C- congratulate people you don't know. Like everybody says, good job to your yes. buddy, but like make a habit out of congratulating anyone and everyone just to build the community aspect. Yes. It's going to be way better for the community. Dude. You'll enjoy it. They'll enjoy it. Yep. Everybody will be happy. I don't know why it is, but it, it seems to be, it takes a lot more energy to be hateful and, and a disrespect, disrespectful jerk than it does just to be nice and come over and talk to somebody. You never know. You might make a new friend. Oh yeah, I man! Don't you ever wonder, like, who are these people that have the time and energy to talk trash on social media? 
Keyboard some people, cowboy like, some people some have literally admitted that. Basement in his underwear. Yeah. No, some people literally admitted that they just, I, honestly, it's like that scene in uh, Dark Knight. Some people just like to watch the world burn. Some people literally just want to stir the pot. And they're not even, they're not even like actually upset. They're just poking you to get you upset. <laughs> Why? Man, I don't get people like it's that. Entertainment for them. It's yeah. weird. I'm like, man, you're a jerk. That's, that's uh, sad. Uh, gosh. That's five out of ten. More here, guys. You got, You're asking the wrong crew. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll come up with something. I, and, and just funnel me in the right direction, but something along the lines of like bring a buddy or like bring someone. Yes, mentor somebody. Everything. Well, not even. It's always better when you have somebody to share it with. It is. I mean, whether you're successful, or you're not successful. It's always better. You came with me on that one hunt. I mean, you and I were on a bunch of hunts together this year, um, Illinois and here close yep. to home. You guys were with me in spirit when I was surrounded by all those bucks. Right. You're in Texas. No, you were calling us. But that was fun. That was so fun. Yeah, we're on our way down to Illinois and Eric's calling us. I'm like, why is he why are you calling? Dude, there's a buck down here. What do I do? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Hang up the phone and hey, shoot him. Go after him. <laughs> go after him. Um yeah, I think along the lines of, of go with friends, because friends are always gonna be there for you, you know. Point in case I shot that doe, you were there with me. It had been a bit of a drag getting it out by myself. It wasn't terrible, but we were a ways in there. So I think yeah. always be learning is important. You know, the moment you think you know it all, you should probably just stop to your hunting. Yes. Um, there's You got to just keep an open mind overall. And I think enjoy I, that. I, I think I would add like yeah. always be learning and embrace that. Like don't feel bad that you don't know it all. Actually get a kick out of the fact you've got more to learn, right? And Mark, Mark, I think you got it just talking with Eric and like hearing his mindset, but the OKS hunter isn't just like a bunch of groups of bad hunters. Like everyone who I feel like listens and like is along with us on the Jersey, everybody wants to get better. Like there's no way that. Yeah, I want a big deer. Everyone, they're here because they want to learn something. They want to get better, right? Like the OKS hunter is not just a bunch of jackasses walking around the woods. (laughs) Like people want to get better. Having that goal is like an important part and people's goals just differ. Yeah. Can I throw one in? I'm not, I'm not part of yeah, the official please, crew, please. but let me Brent, say if this yeah, will pass the test, if you want to, <laughs> I think don't say anything. If you can't say well, what's, what's the old phrase? Like if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. I yep. mean, it goes It'll back stop. to the congratulating people you don't know, but like, Hey, if you have a thought on someone else's buck online, you don't think that they waited long enough or you think it's too small or whatever. You think the shot placement wasn't great. Keep that to yourself. Like we don't need any more negativity out there. Right? Like if lead by example. Yeah, I think it goes back to every situation's different. You don't know what happened there. Yeah, so I would say my mindfulness of uh, the hunting journey, like if that's a thing, you know, and, and that's for yourself and for others. Like, you know, again, taking that pressure off yourself, maybe your hunting journey has changed. You're on a different course for a little bit. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Never pass up a chance to hunt with family. Mm-hmm. that's important. Like you mentioned the Iowa thing before Mark, and I kind of related to that. Like you get a chance to go hunt somewhere really good, but if you have a chance to hunt with family, I think that's far more important than chasing a big deer because you don't know when the next time you'll be able to yep. enjoy that moment. Like it's okay to make mistakes. Yep. That's like, like celebrate failures. Yes. Is, is I mean, one. literally like celebrate oh, 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 failures. It's okay to now we're 12. Now we're 12 guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, overachievers. Extra credit there. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's because we can't. I get it. Like <laughs> Eric okay. can't count. He already had his shoes off. <laughs> Do I get a shot of bourbon for that? <laughs> I'll count the beer cans over there. <laughs> this is this is good stuff, guys. This is good stuff. So let me let me read back the the eleven that I captured. Okay. And then if you want to cut any one of these from the list, you can. But this is this is what we have. This is this is a really nice way of uh getting a synopsis of our conversation here today. Number one of our 10 commandments to being an okay hunter. Don't take yourself too seriously. Number two, remember where you started. Number three, never pass on making memories. Number four, remember that a shooter buck is in the eye of the beholder. Number five, congratulate people you don't know. Number six, bring a buddy. Number seven, always be learning and enjoy that. Number eight, if you don't have anything nice to say, Keep it to yourself. Number nine, be mindful of the hunting journey and how everyone's is different. And number 10, never pass up on time with family. And then extra credit was celebrate failure. What do you think? Is that a pretty good list? We got yeah. the OKS 11, not the 10 commandments. <laughs> yeah. You can cross out 10 and make so, it visible. Uh, it's crossed out. It's a good old, uh, that's a true 11 pointer right there. Yes, yeah, that's sir. a good one. That's a good list. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty Thanks good stuff. Uh huh. So, uh, so guys, this is uh, this has been fun. Is, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you have a burning desire to get out there? Is there something that you really wanted to talk about that we haven't yet, or do you feel like we've got a sense of of how to really embrace the the okay side of of the hunter in each of us? I think we captured the essence really well. And if we wanted to go on, you know, more, it maybe that's great for another uh, go around at some other point where we could get on some hot button topics that have been boiling up. But I don't think that's a good fit for how we just wrap this thing up right now. So then, uh, yeah, don't think where can folks go to, to tap into what you guys are doing? Where can folks find more of your content? Everywhere. Uh, but no, you can. <laughs> okay. It's hunter.com. And that's okay. A Y E S T. I say it fast. Uh, you know, we have okshunterpodcast.com as well. But, you know, really, you're going to see us on TikTok, heavy Instagram, heavy Facebook. We have um, a couple of groups on Facebook, the Shooter Buck Club. We have the OKS Hunter crew. People can join if they want uh, to really kind of get close to the community and have that camaraderie. And, and there's some benefit to being in that community. But, uh, you know, we're on Giphy. If you, if you go on your iPhone or Facebook and you type in OKS Hunter as a GIF, you're going to find some and Derek's spitting out some sort of tree nut or something weird. <laughs> it was my snack, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or Greg. It was a pine cone. Greg swinging on a vine. A you know, we're, we're really, uh, yeah, so we're, we're I think, fairly omnipresent across the digital Twitter, space. Twitter, too. We're on Twitter. We're proud of Twitter. Yeah, I like Twitter. Awesome. Instagram. Awesome, hey, awesome. The, the Wire podcast. There you are. <laughs> there you are now. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Uh, Eric, Derek, Greg. Tyler, this is uh, this is just what I needed tonight. So thank you, thank you, thanks for having us. Cheers, yeah, appreciate it. And that is a wrap. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for tuning in. I enjoyed this one. I appreciate you joining me. You know, it's gonna be an interesting year. I'm gonna be looking at a whole a whole lot of different things within my hunting life. Right, a few weeks ago we talked about how I'm reexamining how I shoot. This week we're talking about how I'm going to re-examine somewhat of how I approach my season and and the goals and stresses and and all that around of it. Um, I don't know. A lot of change for me. Interesting stuff. 
Hopefully this is something you can relate to, learn something from, or, or just laugh at. I don't know what it is, but uh, I appreciate you being here with me through it all. So until next time, thank you and stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.